Good morning, happy Sunday, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, recording in St. Louis, co-hosting and West Coasting is my friend Patrick mm. Anderson. How are you? I'm good. I like that. <laughs> I'm glad you do because I debated not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> the two things you're known for, co-hosting, West Coasting. And West Coast. <laughs> I don't think I could describe you better than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that really boils me down perfectly. <laughs> it's, it's the first two things on your dating profile, I noticed. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Co-host. <laughs> God. West Coast. What, an ass. <laughs> <laughs> what a bland personality you have. If those yeah, are your, right. <laughs> you're leading off with those two. Um, today, uh, I'm excited to talk about a group of albums that have been uh, in my ears over the past few weeks or so. Um, we're discussing the latest records from the following artists on this podcast The Weeknd. The Strokes, Thundercat, Eve Toomer. We are not yet discussing the latest record from Fiona Apple. She'll get her own podcast next week, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Um, do Those any big names right here though? Yeah, huge names. Uh, I mean, we've got The Weekend, which one of the biggest artists in the world. The Strokes' first album in seven years. Thundercat, Mm -hmm. the biggest name in funk music right now, probably. And Eve Toomer, huge experimental artist uh, who we both love. Uh, At least we love their last album. Uh, So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to talk about all four of these records. Where did you want to start? Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let's start. I'm trying to think of a way to do this that's not the usual Mm. let's go in reverse alphabetical order (laughs) okay (laughs) oh now you have to make a decision because is the weekend is that a t or 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 is it a w excluding the's okay okay like this would be like an itunes sorting kind of thing where the is the comma right it would be like Weekend comma the, <laughs> but we would we would still start with correct. Yes, I'll let you announce it. Yes, we are starting. Well, okay, now you're putting me on the spot to do reverse alphabetical <laughs> like it's a sobriety test. Let me make sure I have this. We are starting. Yeah, with... that's all. I was just like, oh, I can't do it right now. I just wanted to <laughs> to do it in alphabetical, but I don't know which one's which. So you start it off. That's right. All right, we will start with. The latest record from Eve Toomer titled Heaven to a Tortured Mind. Okay. Sean Bowie, also known as Eve Toomer, is an experimental musician born in Miami but currently based in Italy. Kind of shocked me there. Heaven to a Tortured Mind is their fourth studio album. Uh, We both loved their last record, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Safe in the Hands of Love. Back in 2018, I believe it made both of our top 20, top 25 that year. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think it got the highest rating from Pitchfork that year. I might be wrong on that. Had like a Mm 9.1 maybe. Um, This new record has an an 8.5 best new music. All the critics are loving it. The Metacritic is somewhere around 90 the last time I checked. 
Patrick, did you enjoy this new record just as much as you enjoyed Safe in the Hands of Love? Not quite as much. Okay. Um, it's still it's still good, um, and there's some elements to it that I, it it's pretty different from. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a, a distinct Eve Two More aspect to it. Um, it's very funky and kind of hard to pin down, and aesthetically, like it just fits within that like weird fusion of funk and R and and experimental pop, but. Um, I think the difference is that like towards the end of this, um, like the beginning of it, it kind of gets all of the, the ideas that I wanted out of the way and executes them really well. Um, but it kind of drags towards the end and I can't get over, um, just like the last like few tracks are just kind of, um, a little overly similar to each other and they don't really offer too much distinction like the amount that i would want um it's not there's not anything on here that's really like uh, like a, a track that i could just completely do away with but there is just cohesively a little bit too much of uh of a bland back half if that makes sense it's hard, it's weird calling like saying anything about eve tumor is bland <laughs> because like, yeah, I mean, if it's if if it's your first listen to them, like, I mean, it's probably going to be great because they make music that's unlike really anything that you'll hear, especially in the pop world. We, I, I'm grinning over here because we are so in agreement on this. It's not even funny. That was my, my <laughs> damn it. <laughs> my big complaint that I have is that right, like toward the end of the record, it it starts mm-hmm. to lose me with a few subpar tracks one track i actively don't really care for strawberry privilege um the last four tracks i'm i'm kind of mm, uh, which is a shame because the intro Mm -hmm. to this album gospel for a new century is probably my favorite song that we'll talk about today uh i love the uh, first of all great brass i love the instrumentation Mm -hmm. cutting out every loop it made me think something was wrong with Spotify at first, but then I remembered, oh, this is an Eve Tumor record, anything goes. Um, right, yeah. But just great intro, and reminds me of their best quality, which is the ability to make experimental music that is immediately impactful and catchy and accessible. Um, I will say, though, more so than Safe in the Hands of Love, I think I identified the influences on this record even more. Uh, I think it's somehow less distinct than their previous record. I'm hearing a lot of prints on here, a lot of TV mm-hmm. on the radio, especially in that track I just talked about. A uh, little bit of David Bowie, a, a bit ironic, his name is Sean Bowie. Uh, Ariel Pink, mm, Blood yeah. Orange. Maybe this is just I'm listening to Eve Toomer more now than you know, the first time you ever listen to Eve Tumor, it's like, whoa, what the hell is going on? Uh, so maybe yeah. I'm just now picking up on the influences, or is this album more succumbed to its influences than the previous record? And I'm trying to sort that out. Um, but it was kind of a downstep. I agree with you. I prefer the previous record slightly because I find mm-hmm. it more original. Um, 
and just more consistent, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I, that that that's pretty much how I feel on it. There's a more like cohesive narrative to the style on Safe in the Hands. And I don't want to compare them too much, but like, right. um, I think that since like we both really really like that album, that it just makes it easy to compare. Um, yeah, on this one, it's just like it's a little bit more formally structured, and like even in its song like in in the in the song stru- instrumental structure is what i mean there's still some really inventive elements to it but yeah i'm not getting as much like bizarreness as i kind mm. of hoped i would get you know what i mean that's exactly what um, i was trying to articulate yeah yeah and it's not like necessarily in a bad way there's still some really cool tracks on this like kerosene is an example of a track that's pretty straightforward like um like a Brit pop kraut rock kind of mm. track basically um was just like got this like searing guitar solo in it that like honestly like the first time I heard this I I do like this track a lot now but the first time I heard that and I heard uh them put the <laughs> the guitar solo in there I was kind of laughing I was like what the hell's going on right <laughs> <laughs> that was so hype for me when I first e, heard that. I loved e that. Boomer. <laughs> that was terrible, but I had to make that. <laughs> yeah, the Eve Boomer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's... But yeah, that's the, that's that's how I was feeling. But it, I can't. I think that that like pervades into the rest of the album, where like there's a lot of straightforward um, vision for how these songs are executed, and they're executed pretty well. But it's not fleshed out in a way that really is as satisfying as I would hope it would be, especially towards the end. Yeah, um, and we're dealing with a different group of genres this time around. Uh, Mm -hmm. They've never just stuck to one genre. They've always blended a variety of styles. This time we're getting a lot of glam rock and R&B, more so than the previous record. And I think right. they don't stray too far from that blend on this record. I think most of these songs fall into that glam rock, soul, R&B, pop kind of blend. Whereas, again, I hate to go with the previous record again, but, I mean, every single song, I had no idea what was coming on uh, Safe in the Hands of Love. Here, mm-hmm. it, it's still a very exciting initial listen uh, because there are a bunch of moments like that kerosene guitar solo that just come out of nowhere for me. Mm-hmm. But by the time I'm settled into this album, I, I kind of feel like I've understood what's happening. And uh, that's something that I guess takes away from the the spontaneity that I loved on the previous record. But I I, I feel like I've been somewhat negative. I still love this album. Uh, mm. Sonically, I think it's, um, vibrant uh, so many different instruments going on on every like I guess it's uh, detailed uh, I'm trying to find the right words for it it's very difficult to describe uh, what's happening on an Eve Tumor record um, but yeah. I mean some of these songs like Dream Palette I love uh, because it has this crazy and chaotic energy to it but then it 
shifts into this groovy, more traditional banger, only to revert back to the chaos by the end of the song. And that's something mm-hmm. I wish there was more of on this record. Um, but it's here enough for me to love the album as a whole. Yeah, that one, uh, Dream Palette, is one of my favorite on the uh, on the album. I think that I think that you nailed it. It it explores a little bit more of that just distinction that I was hoping for. Um, yeah, I I I like what you said. The the instrumentals on here are really precise and intricate, and there's so much going on that you know it's easy to get lost in track to track. So that's a positive aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do like the first half of this too, like the opening gospel for a new century is like you said it's really really cool um there's it's like kind of a kind of a really funky track almost just like almost like a dance track in a way not you know what i mean not like a not like a clubby track but it's very funky very like a lot of callbacks to um like herbie hancock or Mm -hmm. headhunters era or something like that um, then you got like medicine burn, which is really cool. Identity trade is, is, is good. Kerosene is like, it definitely grew on me. Um, I, I like, I like the, uh, I still like the guitar solo. I kind of like, honestly wish it would have been, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think that it's so over the top and I kind of <laughs> am also just like, well, I, I shouldn't have expected anything else from Eve tumor, but like <laughs> there's part of it. Part of it that I love and part of it that I'm just like, this is so corny. Um, <laughs> but it ends up working in the track. So, like, weirdly, I love Kerosene, even though part of me is just like, what the hell's going on with this guitar <laughs> solo? That's, that's um, a great point. Yeah, it's, it, what, what's that? It's there's, there's, a great point. I think there's a lot of moments on this record that can come off as maybe corny or, or, or schmaltzy, but I, I think another quality I love about Eve Tumor is they have so much charisma that they could really yeah. pull off anything. Um, it just There's so much confidence with this record that yep. nothing, even the corniest moments I, I enjoy somehow. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like there, there is a clear vision for everything is pretty deliberately executed, I think, on here. And you can tell, but I think that cohesively from a listener's standpoint, it doesn't necessarily work as well as I would have hoped it did. But you're, you're right on that. There's so much like character involved in everything that it ends up working in its own weird way. Um, and it, I mean, it's memorable because it's, you know, it's an Eve Tumor record, so it's hard to really lose this kind of sound. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to be like, oh, wait, what did that sound like again? Like, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't you know? get lost in the shuffle. You're not, you know, uh, listening to a bunch of different it's... artists and Eve Tumor comes up and, you know, you're going to remember <laughs> yeah. that song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I agree with that. You know, I mentioned uh, a bunch of their influences earlier, but s- still clearly their own artist, Eve Toomer. Uh, and that's my big takeaway from this record is that I just continue to love experimental music that somehow is accessible enough to reach 
the ears of people that I didn't expect would be listening to this record. Uh, this record is, has been more popular than I thought it was going to be, and I love it for that. Um, I don't have much more to say. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a, a soft 8 out of 10. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that I I do enjoy this record. Um, maybe it'll grow on me more during the year. I think that during the time that I've been listening to it, it's been pretty good, but just can't shake the uh, the feeling that, you know, the, the, the feeling of wanting a little bit more um, towards the end of it especially. And, uh, yeah, it kind of, that, that causes me to feel a little bit less happy about it than I would have hoped for, but I still like it. Uh, so I'm at a seven out of 10 on it. Very nice. Very nice. Seven out of 10. I did forget to mention one thing is that I don't think there's much here lyrically, uh, throughout the record. Um, yeah. I wasn't really expecting too much, honestly, though, because exactly. I think that Eve tumors are usually more about just straight up aesthetic than anything else really i agree and that's why i think i forgot to mention it it's just the lyricism feels like such an afterthought on on this type of record that's not really the appeal um yeah Yeah, and i don't have a problem with that honestly yeah me neither i think lyrics uh for this type of music are going to be second hand and that's i think that's fine um so a seven out of ten from you an eight out of ten from me uh i think both of us recommend this record and uh mm-hmm. definitely give it one listen in my opinion uh, uh yeah like uh, this is definitely one that i could see it being a bit like a bit polarizing not not like super polarizing but i think it, w- it would be one that like i could see plenty of people being like oh yeah this is my favorite album of the year no doubt but I, I have a friend who yeah. or i guess we have a friend who mentioned that it's probably his album of the year so far so um right yeah i mean it, it's just it can be that kind of record if you give it a shot so shout out to eve tumor uh god what is it heaven to a tortured mind great album title i was too. just gonna say that's that's fantastic i love it solid mm-hmm. album art as well um again just nailing the aesthetic um let's see where are we going next i am trying to figure out this alphabetical order thing uh, <laughs> yeah so okay the weekend right yeah <laughs> all of our artists are like at the end of the alphabet <laughs> i know I, I noticed that too i was like yeah as soon as i said that i was like well these are all like grouped up in the same like four or five letter combination <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe wasn't the best time to do it by alphabet um <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, let's. Well, let... you know that I I definitely think about how we're gonna structure this <laughs> like very heavily. I have here our timestamp for Eve Tumor was three minutes into the podcast. The first three minutes was just us trying to figure out how in what order we want to talk about these yeah, albums. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so that's why people like listening to us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, the weekend after hours um <clears throat> excuse me abel tesfe also known as the weekend is a canadian singer songwriter working in r&b pop electronic um and that's that's about all that's coming to mind right now 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. He he was he he was the face of the quote unquote alternative R and B, uh, scene earlier last decade. Uh, he's been around since twenty eleven. He's a veteran artist at this point, and his music has proved proven to be super influential. I think more so than I realized. All of this dark and moody R and B and hip hop. I think a lot of it can be attributed to the weekend. Um, so I think very underrated influence. Uh, if it's possible to underrate the influence of someone who's one of the biggest pop artists in the world. Um, After Hours uh, is his fourth studio album. Uh, a lot of critics are calling it his best work. Uh, do you agree? Uh, I know we're not maybe the biggest Weekend fans, um, but I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I guess this is a stylistic redirection for him. Yeah, definitely more so than Starboy, mm-hmm. um, which neither of us really cared for at all. It was just, I just uh, felt it was all right, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this one's better than that for sure. Um, I I like this. I don't, I'm not like crazy about it like a lot of the critics are, but there's some really cool tracks on here and I like the overall aesthetic on, on here much more than I was um, expecting to. I, I, I really liked his lead up to this, like the everything that he was putting out with these weird ass music videos that him going on benders and then like his face being bloodied and hit him keeping that like same style. Like even when he performs, I was like, Oh, this is, that's a cool idea. And then he, you know, recruits my boy yeah. one tricks point never for a lot of, uh, of, um, instrumentation help and production help probably from, you know, uncut gems, uh, mm. collaboration there, I guess. But yeah, I, I think that overall, it's pretty good. Um, it's not like it's not excellent, and it's not even like uh, like I wouldn't even say I love it. But there's some elements to this that I'm like that I'm definitely really am excited to see like going forward what the weekend decides to like do next because I can see I can see a real artistic narrative to this and like commitment to a sound that I kind of haven't really felt before. I mean, like on house of balloons, you feel it, but I think that that one was like those, that sound was a little bit, it's hard to say cause he helped pioneer that moody, dark mm-hmm. dreary sound in hip hop. Mm-hmm. But I think that one's a little bit more easy to commit to honestly than this, because this is kind of just a really strange self-destructive, um, you know, ab- abstract kind of aesthetic. And I think that this was a little harder to pull off and he did a fairly good job on it. So, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan, or at least I was a huge fan of the first trilogy of mixtapes. I haven't listened to them in a while. It, I'd be interested to see how I feel about them upon a revisit, uh, because everything else he's put out since then has been kind of average for, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so I'm so conflicted with this this new album because I I really appreciate that he's going in a different direction uh, that incorporates a lot of 
80s new wave uh, and a little bit of dream pop mm-hmm. here and there. There's some like crystalline production that I that I enjoy. Overall, though, I don't I don't think I like this album, and that's and that's a shame. Um, mm. There are some songs toward the beginning that I that like really sucked me in. I'm like, okay, I think I'm actually gonna really like this weekend album. And I think the main problem is for me is that starting at Heartless, which is like track seven on a fourteen track, fifty six minute record. Um, yeah. It's just it becomes too long and too much, uh, and ultimately just one song kind of blends into the other, and it it I end up bored by the end of the record, um, honestly. But yeah, there are some songs at the beginning I really like, and I don't know if I like them more than the second half because they're actually better, or because I'm just I'm not tired of listening to this record by track three, you know. Yeah, no, I totally sympathize with that aspect because the 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 runtime of this is too long. It should have been a forty minute album, you know. I agree. Yeah, concise, like just I, this is a very clean, uh, like a, a very a very clean split from what he's been doing before, and I think that he kind of overdid it with the length of it. Because, like, honestly, like, like I agree with you. The first few times I was listening through this, I was, like, I was, like, really excited at the beginning. And then towards the end, I'm, like, all right, are we done with this yet? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, like, listening through now to the back half, I was, like, expecting, you know, the lengthiness. There's some really, really cool ideas in the back half of it. It's just that, like, it gets kind of muddled in, in the rest of, you know whatever else is going on and there's not anything that kind of like cleanses your palate um halfway through the album so it's it's just like 15 maybe 20 minutes too long which is like pretty significant um but yeah if you could have trimmed this down i think it could have been like a pretty great project honestly because there's a lot of really cool ideas going on here yeah and and i agree with that i think outside of heartless which i outright just do not care for i don't really hate any other song here and i couldn't even tell you which songs i want specifically removed from the record it's just that if you took out even four or five of them i'd probably like this record a whole lot more um but i i will say you know some of these songs toward the beginning hardest to love i think is a fantastic banger um it has a lot of that dream pop i was talking about earlier and escape from la i think is one of his better songs in recent years uh it's a i guess the longest mm. song on here it's about six minutes the first half i admit is not the most enticing song on the entire record um but the second half of the song i think is pretty solid and it kind of has a nice atmosphere to it it takes me back it's the only thing on this record that i think takes me back to those uh earlier mixtapes of his um so i what what kind of moments you know you said a lot of moments and songs here stood out to you what's kind of catching your ear i really liked uh, um the in the beginning um how the weekend's voice comes in really really muffled and like the texture of it is really nice. I like how they um, kind of brought in just like this very, like the vocals are like placed back really far. And it sounds like he's just like his, his microphone is basically like 
full of static. I love how they incorporated that in here. And then how on the, the opening track alone, again, it just kind of breaks. Mm. Um, love that aspect. I wish they would have kept that up more in the rest of the album, honestly, because they do it there and then they do it on the second track a little bit. And then it's just not present really at all in the rest of the album. And I'm kind of like, well, what was the point of doing it? Like, I like that they opened up with it, but if you're going to like also do it in the next track a little, like, I feel like it's something that you got to incorporate a little bit, you know, as, as a narrative, but anyway, but that doesn't take away too much. It's just something I wish they would have done. So I, I like the opening track. Um, I really like hardest to love actually. Um, it's probably one of the poppier songs on here. Yeah. Uh, definitely one of the more like sunny tracks on here, but I just, I really like how simple this track is. It's very, it very much just relies on this very catchy kind of semi melancholic synthesizer line and uh, these drums that are just exciting and they just kind of move forward at a, at a nice pace. And, you know, Abel's voice just kind of floats along as it does, and it sounds fantastic on it. Um, yeah, very simple song, but I think it's just captured really well. He, he sounds uh, great over that, like almost techno drums. Um, I don't know what it is. I think that's a, a great match for him. Yeah, it sounds it sounds really good. I, I I I think that that's the style of the weekend. Like when he does that, when it's like that kind of like. The semi danceable track, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like mopily singing a little bit. He sounds so good whenever he does <laughs> stuff like that. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I like that. Um, like you said, Escape from LA is cool. Heartless, I agree with you. I'm kind of like, uh, like I I don't know why they decide. It just feels unnecessary. It doesn't. It feels like, you know they kind of ran out of ideas and instead of just not putting in Harless, they were like, Oh no, no, we need a, a, a like a heavy banger kind of thing. Yeah. Metro Boomin um, on the beat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, it's like, it's not too bad of a, well, it's very basic, right? But it's not too bad of a, of a track. It's just kind of like in the middle of all, and it, that's the thing too. It's in the middle, smack in the middle of all of this. It doesn't make any sense, so I am I, I'm kind of out on that. Yeah, it um, it reminds me of a song that I would have heard two albums ago, and it doesn't really fit the reinvention for me. Yeah. Um, one last thing about, and then I'll let you talk a little bit more. Is like one thing I do really like also about this is lyrically, it's um, pretty impressive in the aspect of like how open the weekend is about his current fame and his struggles with his own loneliness and like, it, like accepting the, you know, status that he has now. And then also like talking about before he was famous and like just this regret and like imposter syndrome and things like that. Really cool. Um, way like he has a really cool way of opening up about this on this album i think and it it's captured really well in the production aesthetics too um i think a good track that that kind of showcases this is snow child Mm. um i think that it's 
he I, I like how it starts off again he kind of brings in this muffled voice um and i think that he he's a really good perform vocal performer because he's really good about just like dumbing his voice down a little bit to the point where it sounds like he's just speaking but he's clearly singing so i think that he lyrically it's fine it's not anything like you know like purple mountains level of like you know hey this is what i'm going through but it's uh it's it's enough it's captured enough and his vocal delivery is captured enough to where i'm like oh i really like this side of the weekend i like hearing this more i i think that's a really great point on the lyricism i i too like the moments where he's kind of vulnerable and reflective of his status now um my only kind of you know when i listen to a lot of the lyrics on this record it's just you know i feel like we have enough songs about cocaine in the weekend catalog that's that's kind of the the only thing for me um just, yeah oh another song about uh what's the lyric you said uh i don't need a bitch i'm what a bitch need or something like that and it's yeah yeah i don't know there's moments that almost sound like glorifying and i don't think that's the intention with most of this record um because it is like you know much of his content is about this dangerous lifestyle that he lives as it has been for the past however many albums and mixtapes um but it's just i don't know maybe i just want him to do like a concept album sometime so he can approach different content i i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying right now it's just the content no, I, yeah, could I think go I, to I, any I, album, I guess. Yeah, I think catalog. I agree because because I think they I think the like what he does here is he does a good job of like, hey, now I'm being open and vulnerable, and he does a good job of capturing that. But I think you're right in the fact that he like also just randomly throws in these like kind of either miso- misogynistic lines or just like just like these you know drug lines that that kind of don't work sometimes. Um, or they're straight up kind of weird. Like the lyric, like if I OD, I want you to OD right beside me. Yeah. Right. It's stuff like that where it's, it's almost, um, glorifying the danger of it, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, and also like, like, like get what. Like objectively looking at that lyric, like, Oh, Hey, if I OD, you got to do it too. That's some fucked up bullshit. Like, (laughs) don't say that. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But there are moments where you can tell there there is a lot of of regret, too. So I don't want to entirely dismiss the lyricism here. It's just every now and then it's like, oh, right, okay. You know, um... I agree with you. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you said that because I do have. Uh, I do. I do feel similarly to that too. Right. Right. Like it's. Um, yeah. I guess it's uh, the the lyricism isn't as consistent on this record as I'd like. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I I guess I haven't even mentioned. It. I do like this electronic, aesthetic revision. Um, but I don't like it so much that it's like. Uh, I'm captivated by it, and honestly, I don't think it's super different than what he's been doing. I don't think it's like Kid A or anything like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, but it is nice to hear him over some different production, um, and it, he sounds like a natural over the production. I'll give him that. Um, yeah. But to me, I guess in my conclusion, I suppose the biggest crime here is just this 
could have been, I could do without half the songs on here, honestly. And, um, mm. you know, if this was an eight song, nine song project, I'd probably like it. Uh, but for what it is, it all kind of blends together by the time the second half comes and I end up bored a lot of the time. Uh, much of it I think is a bit generic, uh, clearly talented, um, as a singer and the producers do a fine job as well. Uh, there are a couple standout tracks all in all though. I'm going to go a four out of 10. I can't really say I liked Ooh. it overall. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So like I was saying, I, I do, I do like quite a few aspects of this and, um, I really like a couple of tracks. Um, they stand out for me is I think that like you said, it's not like a huge departure for the weekend from Starboy, but like, and from his previous work either. But it is, I think the thing that I like about it is that it's a clear direction forward mm -hmm. for him. Like there's something about this that's like, aha, like I think that he figured out what he's trying to go for at this point. Um, so yeah, I've been going back to this, and I think I, I've I've been feeling a lot more positive about it hmm. than negative as it goes. I think that it's pretty bloated, though, and it's like full of a lot of random lyrics here and there that are just like, what the hell? And one lyric in particular that like, <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> and now I kind of love it. It's the uh, Futuristic sex. I got that Philip K. K. Dick. Yep. <laughs> Which I was like, holy shit, what? And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, I kind of love that line, honestly. That, that song had a bunch of similes where I was just like, ah, I don't know. I, maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I was saying, like that track, I, I do like the idea of, uh, like, he's he's trying to really be reflective and everything. But then he, it, then he throws that line in there, and you're like, where, where did this come from? Like, He's just talking about his passion and wanting to make it, and then all of a sudden that comes in. <laughs> so there's elements to that. Like he throws in these random lyrics that are just kind of like, "What the hell?" And it takes away from the album. So I like have such a love hate relationship with this. Honestly, I want to really like it because there's a lot of really cool production elements to it, and um, there's some tracks that I think are pretty fun. I like the overall narrative to it, but it's just kind of like uh, there's a lot, a lot of like factors that kind of spoil it, especially the runtime. Mm. It's just like, man, they could have cut this thing down. So um, I'm I'm fairly positive on it, but I'm not like uh, I'm not really liking it too much. So it's a very solid six out of ten for okay. me. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um... Yeah, I always appreciate when an artist decides to go in a different direction, and I, I think it's great mm -hmm. that he is uh, on this record. I think it just can be refined maybe on the next attempt is uh, kind of... A hundred percent. Yeah, so... And I think that we said something similarly, honestly, to Starboy. We were like, yeah, yeah. I get what he's trying to... <laughs> now, on that one, I think it's way more bloated right. than, than this one is, but... Um, 
but I hope that it's not a problem going forward because like I, you know, like we've had this in the past where it's like, yeah, I get what you're going for, but just like, can you not put in so much of this random unnecessary stuff? <laughs> right. Right. No, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. I guess we've had kind of this, a similar criticism uh, of him in the past. It's just a different cloak this time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, a four from me, a six from you, uh, that's a five uh, middle of the road. Uh, album in in our collective opinion here um so with that let's move on to uh thundercat uh it, mm-hmm. it is what it is um steven bruner brunner bruner steven bruner also bruner, known as, i guess yeah i guess yeah um he's thundercat is the point He's a Los mm-hmm. Angeles-based singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist working in the genres of funk, soul, jazz, R&B, uh, and various others as well. He is often considered a virtuoso in regards to his bass playing. Um, you've seen him live. I haven't. Um, but from what I remember, you said it was a really great show. Um, it Is What It Is is his fourth studio album. His first since Drunk, uh, which was number eight on my personal top 50 albums of 2017. I'm a fan of Thundercat. Uh, I think you are as well. Um, what, mm-hmm. did, what did you think of It Is What It Is? I, I think it's pretty solid. Um, I think that there's like an element to There's a lot of really cool elements uh, that I love about it, and it is very distinct. But um, I think it's again suffers just a slight bit from length. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I can talk more about the details. But just as an overview, that's kind of like where I am right now with it. I'm curious as to how you feel about it, though. Yeah, and it's a weird thing to say. Uh, length is an issue on an album that's 37 minutes. Um, but I think I I yeah, think I right? get what you're saying um, because. My big complaint here is the same thing that held back drunk for me, which is um, this this album is best enjoyed from front to back uh, because a lot of these songs are either too brief or too underwritten uh, to stand on their own. And mm-hmm. there are a few like obvious standout tracks here, in my opinion, but a lot of this is like filler or it only makes sense or it only works in the context of the entire record um so while it is 37 minutes it is also 15 songs so that's an average of two and a half minutes per song um you know and that isn't always enough time to stretch out an entire idea uh so what we have here are a lot of songs that end up feeling kind of half-baked that said I generally enjoy what I'm listening to, and a few of these songs I definitely love. A couple of them are instant classic Thundercat songs, essentials in his catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I guess that's kind of my overall thought uh, with this record. Yeah, I, yeah. Now that I'm saying, like, I, I think maybe not length is the issue because you're right. It is only 37 minutes. I think that the 15 tracks mm-hmm. cause it to be like a lot of different shifts in tone and uh and and like these shifts and ideas that just happen too quickly 
and you're like, wait, what? Like, I thought we were <laughs> just doing this thing. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of a thing for me that like there's this unsatisfying aspect to a lot of tracks um, that like I but I don't honestly wish that it was like lengthened down a little bit more. I just think that they it, it I think honestly like sometimes there's a little bit too much of the uh, like jammy aspect. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, to the album and I think that like they kind of like go like Thundercat kind of like hitches on an idea on a on a track even if it's a short track and just kind of like fiddles around with it for a little too long Mm -hmm. and then you kind of and then you shift gears and you're like all right like and that causes a lot of filler um but it also causes a lot of really impressive moments too because he is so talented with um just like instrumentally so talented and then there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um instrumentation here from like flying lotus and like some features from like kamasi washington that are awesome um and some like really funny moments too so like there's a lot of there's a lot of just it's this one's a tough one too because there's a lot of like moments on here that are like hilarious and like instrumentally really really great but then there's so much of just kind of like waiting for those moments to happen um that i'm just kind of like by the end i'm like there's like four or five big things that i like and then the rest is kind of like yeah i i agree with you and uh i'll use dragon ball durag as an example uh yeah i i think was the lead example lead single for this record uh i might be wrong on that Mm -hmm. To me, this is classic Thundercat. It's it's got his signature charm and humor. It, it's a song about flexing, I guess, and trying to impress this woman. Yeah, uh, but in ways that are just, flexing in the yeah <laughs> right. Like, hey, here's my my new do rag. It has Dragon Balls on it. Um, I love the lyric. Uh, I may be covered in cat hair, but I still smell good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, the humor's there. The charm I mean, like, is there. You don't have to like my video games or comics, but how do you think I look in my do rag? <laughs> like, like this one thing makes him like, yeah, you're cool now. <laughs> and the music video is so so great. It, like, it fits with the song. Um, and you know, the the bass is great on here. Uh, funky groove. I like the the vocals. The 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 harmonies where they're saying do rag. I think sound great. Uh, I'm Kamasi yeah. Washington's on this song. To me, it's an essential Thundercat song in his catalog. Now, Agreed. this song is sandwiched in between Overseas, uh, which is kind of like a a funny song about. Well, I don't even know if it, the entire song is funny. Like the first half of the song is kind of like you said, him fiddling around, and then it goes into this like outro skit uh, where you know it's like a Mile High Club type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the other side of Dragon Ball Durag is How I Feel, which is this kind of like spacey brief interlude that I, I've already forgotten how it sounds. So that's kind of the point, is that yeah. there are a lot of moments on this record that I think are great. It's just there's so much here surrounding it that just doesn't feel essential, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a similar boat with you, too. And it's hard because there's like the tracks that hit are really good. Yep. Um, like I, I really like the intro track, Lost in Space. I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, and then after that, it's like it, it, it just goes into like you know 
like I love Lewis Cole, which is cool, but it's kind of just like there's it there's so much like just like I said fiddling around. I don't I, I don't I keep on saying that, and it's like uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't sound like I, it's getting my point across. But it's that jam band aspect of like mm. you're really really good at this instrument. And I get it. But like, can we please move on mm. to? somebody else's ideas or like something a little bit more like structured. I just don't like that kind of like, um, just sound for the sake of sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that that's where this suffers is that like, this is an album made by a lot of instrumentalists and, you know, technical artists. So it kind of suffers in that way because it's like there's so much impressive instrumentation going on, but that's really all it is, you know. That's a a great point, and you use the key word in my opinion, structure. That's the issue. The out like the structure mm-hmm. on these songs is just not there. Um, so really, when I do love songs on here, it's usually just kind of like I'm, okay, I'll use I love Lewis Cole because it's actually like one of my favorite songs on here. I don't know if that song is mm. structured super well. I just really like the sound of it. Um, I think his voice sounds great, and the Lewis Cole fast-paced, upbeat instrumentation works for me. But I wouldn't say it's like a super well-written song, per se. Um, and I like Houseway, but it it's a yeah. minute and a half of him just reminding you he's great on the bass, which he is, but it's not always captivating i guess i don't know but i think yeah, we're, i think exactly. we're in the same boat on that yeah exactly i think that's mostly what it is like the there's there's some clear tracks that are supposed to be like or uh, there's clear tracks that stand out and then there's also just the instrumental passages i think that's what it mostly is but like black walls is a pretty cool song yeah uh, i love Louis cool is a cool song and then like you know, Dragon Ball Do Rag, Fair Chance is cool. Love that Ty Dolla Sign feature, by the way. What is what is this podcast where it's like every time Ty Dolla Sign does something? Good, I know that I I agree. By the way, I really like, and that's a nice segue into something I meant to mention um, earlier, which is that uh, thematically, a big chunk of this record is dedicated to Mac Miller. Um, like the song Fair Chance right. is about about Mac Miller and he uh, does shout him out um on various tracks here and there. Um so Fair Chance, you know, Ty Ty Dolla Sign sounds great. The song is pretty, it's tasteful, it's smooth. And then there's this like <laughs> there's this like really questionable little B appearance that yeah. I just it doesn't really fit and I'm not sure why it's there and I don't think it's a tribute. It's just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, but it kind of said just, something about the album where it's just here's an unnecessary thing to kind of like muddle things up. A yeah, bit. Um, and Lil B's the perfect person to <laughs> to deliver a verse like that too, <laughs> right. because it's like he's the only person that can sell that off because it's just his presence. You're like, oh yeah, okay, and you don't really care what he's saying. You're just like, yeah, it's Lil B, like right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's really good at doing that, but I, I agree with you. It's kind of like, hmm, like, did we need this? Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know. Um, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, on a positive aspect, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I I do really like about this album, like, and I think that he captured 
really uh, well as a cohesive narrative is like the the albums called it, it is what it is and that phrase gets repeated throughout the album in multiple different ways but it gets said in ways that's like either very casual like oh you know whatever like i'm just hanging out or like in ways that are like dismissive like oh i don't even want to deal with that right now or you know towards the end of the album it's kind of more used in a way that's like um depressive almost yeah we're like oh this is just how things are now and i like that use of just a phrase like that because it is what it is doesn't really mean anything and so it's kind of an interesting like use of something like that that can be attributed to a myriad of different you know emotional reasons why somebody would say it and placing it like throughout this album and then towards the end it's kind of it's kind of ended up being used in a way that was completely different from what it was at the beginning i do really like that aspect of it i thought that was pretty cool but um i think it could have been captured a little bit more creatively yeah i hadn't even really thought of that but i i agree with you on that now that i think about it um there is kind of a weird cohesion in that uh, aspect that I think is a, a positive um, one last thing I think I wanted to mention overall you know I, I mentioned Drunk was in my top 10 for 2017 and that mm-hmm. I also mentioned that the big negative on that record is also the same big negative on this record so why am I more positive on Drunk the two types of Thundercat songs we've talked about are the ones that are clearly meant to be full songs, actual songs, and then also a bunch of songs that are meant to be kind of these filler interlude type of songs. Mm-hmm. Drunk, I think, overall is better at both of those songs. Um, like, Them Changes, Show You The Way, Walk On By, mm-hmm. those are... Um, Friend Zone is another great one. Like, the ones that are actually full-length songs are great on that record. And... He, he nails the small instrumental tracks like Jethro or Tokyo. Um, like those mm-hmm. are those are super memorable as well. Here, there are a couple full length songs that I really enjoy. Uh, Dragon Ball Do Rag, Lewis Cole, uh, King of the Hill. I think is really good with Bad Bad Not Good. Um, but these, some of these filler tracks are uh, not memorable at all. I, I, none of these filler tracks, I guess, are super memorable to me. Um, yeah. Whereas some of them were on drunk, um, so that's kind of kind of the takeaway. Yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement on that. That, uh, yeah, the and I I agree with you too in regards to drunk. I think that he just he captured he he had a more clear idea about the direction that he wanted to take the album as a whole. I think, and then that caused the instrumental tracks to kind of you know match that in a better way. Mm-hmm. This one feels a little bit more like it, this. Does feel like a personal album. There are elements to it that are really nice and intimate and introspective, but I think that that causes the instrumentation to suffer because those instrumental passages are literally just him doing it for the sake of doing it, and there's no, you know, it's hard to it's hard to capture a level of I don't know. It, yeah maybe they needed more ambience to it or something like that but 
as far as like just straight up, you know, bass playing and instrumental like use, it just makes it sound like it make, it tones down everything and it makes it kind of sound like these dudes just kind of messing around in the studio and they're really excellent at what they do. But, um, you know, from a creative standpoint, it's not that interesting. I, I agree so, with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we gotta, I guess we gotta move on to the next, but to me, this is just as clear of a seven out of 10 as it gets for me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, honestly a little bit at a six out of ten Ooh. on this album. Ooh. Okay. So you're hating. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So Thundercat fans come at me. Uh, uh, no, that's that's totally fair. I uh, would love to see that actually, because I feel like Thundercat fans are probably like the most positive people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. They're, they they're just... not gonna they're not gonna be stressed about this dude that gave the Thundercat album a six. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that averages to six and a half out of 10 for us. Uh, and now we move on to our last, last record of the day. The new abnormal from the strokes. Here we are. We're talking about a strokes record. Um, how about that? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, they're a rock band from New York city. Uh, they, became the face of the garage rock revival movement in the early 2000s uh, with their 2001 debut record, Is This It?, which is simply one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, But today, we're talking about The New Abnormal. Uh, It's the band's sixth studio album, their first since Come Down Machine in 2013, uh, which many people regard as their worst record. Um, I've seen various opinions on this Strokes record, so I'm interested in uh, hearing what you thought. Yeah, this ended up being a lot more polarizing than I would have imagined a Strokes record <laughs> right? uh, would have would have been. But uh, generally, I feel like I'm leaning more towards the positive side, mm-hmm. honestly, on this. I really like the um, commitment to the new kind of like synth uh simplistic synthesizer sound that they've used and i love uh julian vocals on this they're fantastic um some of the some of the like melodic and um instrumental decisions on here are questionable in certain mm-hmm. in certain ways like they're the ideas aren't as fleshed out as I would hope, or they take clear influence from other bands or (laughs) something. Um, But yeah, overall I'm feeling pretty good on this. I think that it's a nice cohesive, like concise project that has its flaws, but ultimately kind of gets the job done, which now that I think about it is about as strokes as it gets. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i like this record much more than i thought it was going to um i think it it begins well it ends well in my opinion the middle there's it gets a little shaky at times but like you said they they get the job done overall i don't really hate any song here it can be a bit Mm -hmm. generic at times um but the instrumentation is solid the vocals are solid it's a bit edgeless 
um, but it, it's enjoyable. Uh, they're an older mm-hmm. band at this point, so you, I kind of expect a, a bit. It's a bit safe um, in a lot of aspects. Maybe not safe for them, but safe in like the general, right. you know, music spectrum. Um, so they're an older band. They're no longer like the cool young band, but they they're still really cool. <laughs> they're they're so cool. Yeah. Um, I will say my, my big kind of takeaway here is, um, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot on Twitter lately and in Reddit, uh, just, I guess because of the subreddits and people I follow, but there's a lot of like, oh, what's a perfect album with no skips? You know, that's kind of like a question that gets thrown around a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's just kind of, and it makes me think like, is that what a perfect album is? An album that has no skips on it. Um, Yeah. And it's kind of this binomial approach to music evaluation where every song is either a one for success or it's a zero for a failure. And then you add those up at the end and that's how good the album is. And that's kind of how you're saying that. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of my, it's the difference between like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic where Rotten Tomatoes is just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I liked it. It, it doesn't, it, it doesn't factor in how much the critics like it. It's just, Oh, they liked it. So here's a positive point. The, po- yeah. the point and then you get a dozen movies that have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, right. You know, when in reality, yeah. all of those critics, they kind of liked it. I mean, it was like a seven out of 10. Um, but right. you know, you might have an album that, or, or a movie that's like a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes, but the 95 that liked it fucking loved it. It was like their favorite uh-huh. movie of the year. And the point I'm trying to make here is that, there are no skips on this album, in my opinion. Every song on here is like a 7 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10. But it's far from a perfect album because there aren't any songs that I'm just like, wow, you know, like, yeah, holy cow, this is the best thing I've heard all year. It, it's a collection of really solid songs. And that kind of, it's a positive, but it's also like a, a backhanded thing to say as well. Um, so that's kind of how I feel yeah. overall. That was a really good tie-in to that too, and uh, and and you managed to give a critique that I completely agree with on that whole Twitter trend thing that's happening right now across music Twitter. So, shouts to you. That was great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm, there are songs like I love "Ode to the Mets" and "Not the Same Anymore." Those are probably my two favorite songs on the record, and they're both at the yeah. very end, which is great because I feel like I've talked a lot on this podcast about albums that haven't ended great. <laughs> um, but this yeah, one does. <laughs> this one does. And uh, I think that's awesome. So there's there's a lot to like on the album, but there's not a mm-hmm. ton that I'm super enthused about, I guess. So anyway, I've been going on. Uh, what say you? Yeah, no, I agree. Ode to the Mets might be my favorite song on here too. It's uh, such an excellent closer track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the intro track is great too. Um, like I think that you pretty much nailed it. All the tracks on here are like at least pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand why they're here, but there is an element to most of them. I'll use the what I guess I would call my least favorite track, which is "Bad Decisions," mm-hmm. as the as the uh, the the example here. It's just safe. Super safe. Um, and I, 
And I get that from a lot of them. And so by the end, like they nailed it with Ode to the Mets. I think that it's a great, it's a great closer track. There's a, like, it's one of the longer tracks on here too. And then it, you know, it, lyrically it's nice. It comes in with this, like, I love how Julian like is like, Oh, drums, please. And like the drums kind of kick yes. in like all of a sudden. I love that. And then, yeah, his vocals are great. It's a, fantastic way to end the track so i really have no problems with that one at all but across the board on this there's a lot of elements to um to the to these tracks like bad decision that are kind of just like aha i've either heard this um like dozen times from the strokes before or like a hundred times from this band this band this band this band in in the time that it's taken for them to release an album so part of me is like, you know, it's better than I thought it would be, um, but maybe it would have been better if they released this a few years earlier when, mm. you know, Parquet Courts wasn't doing mm. the exact same thing that they're doing, but better. Mm. Interesting. Um, no, I like that. I like that. Yeah. And the reason I use Parquet Courts as an example, too, is because, holy shit, it sounds exactly like Parquet Courts, especially on eternal summer <laughs> uh, i don't know if you yeah. got this too i'd be interested because you're a huge parking for parts fan i guess i never really associated like, that but that's i'm definitely gonna look forward to that the next time i listen to it i'll, I'll let you know in a, in a text or so especially on that like chorus when he's like they got the remedy like that i was just like <laughs> that's, that's I, like i was like that's parking course like what is going on here that's a good point um so that's one problem I have is that the influences are just I don't even know if they're like honestly I don't even know if they're intentional influences it very well might just be that like the strokes influenced these bands mm. and now they're kind of like now that they've been come, they've coming back after years they're feeding off of influence from their influence if that makes sense no I and so it's kind of this like weird like washing machine effect of like hold up like i've heard this a hundred times already <laughs> no that's exactly right no that's a great a great point because i feel the same about um like when earl sweatshirt some rap songs came out in 2018 and everyone was like whoa this is weird and it is weird don't get me wrong but i was also like oh this kind of reminds me of stuff i've been hearing from uh mike and uh, you know a couple of other artists in, in the New York hip hop right. underground. And then I kind of thought like, well, wait, Mike is also probably inspired by Earl sweatshirts earlier work. So like who gets, <laughs> who gets the credit yeah. here? So I, I don't know. Um, but that's great. The bands that, uh, and I'll use bad decisions as well. Cause I think you nailed it with that. The bands I was thinking of are even older than the strokes. Um, where a song like bad decisions is so safe that I couldn't tell if it sounded more like Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself or more like Modern yeah. English's I Melt With You. Both songs are great. That's perfect. The thing yeah. is, uh, the Billy Idol song actually has a writer's credit on that song. Like, uh, it, it's an intentional say, interpolation. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think about that, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> right. Dun, 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 dun. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what that is. That's exactly right. And so I was like, okay, so... You know, and that's that's an interpolation. So I get. I'm not trying to like, oh, the Strokes stole the sound or anything. Um, it, it's an homage, I guess. But uh, sure. 
the, I guess the overall point is a lot of these other songs also sound like they could have been made by other bands. Um, so it, it does kind of end up feeling a bit generic, not going to lie. Uh, yeah. But I don't really hate that song at the same time. So, I, I you know, I, I don't really. It's kind of a fun track. I, I think it's my least favorite because I think that it, it it's too, like, it, it, it just kind of devolves too much into simplicity. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's not bad. And I, I think that, like, in the context of the album, it totally works. So, you know, it's it, it's a hard one because I have a lot of negatives to talk about, like, but most of those negatives aren't really bad. They're just kind of like, I don't know. I, I like the new direction, but it's also kind of just like, it's not as inventive as I think that maybe some Strokes fans are claiming yeah. it is. Because also, like, it's not like we didn't see this new synthesizer kind of element coming. I mean, Angles had, you know, mm-hmm. was a complete departure in sound. And honestly, maybe more radical than this one is. Um, I think, you know, I I think that this one's a little bit more solid than Angles was. But like, I think, you know, as far as ambition goes, that one may honestly be more ambitious than this one was. I agree with that. So, yeah. And I love Angles, by the way. I think that's a very good record. Um, Nice. But yeah, Julian Casablanca, it's like he... uh, you know, he obviously has his work with the voids that's a little bit more out there um, by the standards mm-hmm. of the strokes. And he's been featured on uh, like random access memories, for example. You know, this isn't the first time he's right. dipping into this. Um, yeah, th- this has been in the cards for a while. We've been seeing that like they're done with the old sounds. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Julian, um, I'm happy that he's in a lot of ways, he still got it. Like maybe he's not at his peak, oh, yeah. peak, but he's, he's still got it. Um, and I think kind of like Eve Toomer, he's just super charismatic and can kind of pull off anything. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it, so I'm, I'm glad, uh, that I like this record a lot more than I thought I was going to. I, I'm really happy about that, but, um, it's not quite like in love territory yet. It, it could yeah. be, with additional listens, because I actually like this more on repeated listens, as weird as that may sound. Um, but I'm going to give it a pretty high 7 out of 10. Nice. Yeah, so, um, yeah, not too much more. I, I think I, I talked a little too negatively on this. Mm. Like you said, Julian's vo- vocals, I I love his vocals all the way throughout on here. I think that he nailed it. Um, his chorus work is fantastic. He sounds better, like so good in these high ranges. Um, I didn't expect that, but he still also got that like monotone, like a deadpan that is, you Mm -hmm. know, so distinct for him. Um, he still got it. He still is able to do it. He opens up, you know, in fact, on adults are tracking with the, it's like, it sounds great. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, yeah, we're, we're back in it. Like, um so yeah it, instrumentally too i love how kind of pulled back it is it's a lot more simple and uh they took elements from angles and from you know Julian's work with his other groups and his other collaborations and they kind of made it really work in a cohesive way on this album but um it just kind of it does come across a little bit 
overly simplistic in certain ways, but it's like you said, it's an album that like, I don't have a problem just throwing on and listening through all the way. And I feel pretty good afterwards Mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, but not blown away by any means. So yeah, I'm on a solid seven out of 10 on this too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, straight up just an enjoyable project. I did not like come down machine in 2013. And it's been seven years since then, since we've heard from The Strokes. And so that's why I was like, uh, I don't really want to listen to this album, even though I love Is yeah. This It, love Room on Fire. I really love Angels, or Angles, uh, pardon me, as well. Um, but it's still like, uh, you, you know, you're kind of wondering if it's like the Rolling Stones doing another tour, you know, just like, uh. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what I was worried. Yeah. But you nailed it with, uh, I did kind of want to call you on a good point. Uh, the deadpan vocals are still like as good as they've ever been. And that's a huge reason why I like my favorite songs on here. Uh, Adults Are Talking, Not the Same Anymore, and Ode to the Mets. Um, mm-hmm. Ode to the Mets, he's just got that like dreary, classic Julian going on. It's like, da, 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 da. It's just, he, he's, he nails that. He nails that. Um, Sometimes when he goes a little high, uh, they throw some like auto tune on it or, or or some sort of effect on it, uh, which isn't a huge deal. But I guess I do kind of prefer just that effortless, low key vocal uh, style that he has. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's like even even when his voice is so cool, like even whenever it's thrown in auto tune, it still sounds so cool. So I don't have like a problem whenever it's. Uh, whenever he kind of makes that shift into mm. the more digital sound because somehow <laughs> he still makes it sound like very, you know, straight up rock and roll, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to uh, them for even trying synthier sounds when they made a straight up rock and roll album and it was considered like the best album of the decade by a lot of people. <laughs> and right. they, they could have yeah, just exactly. kept doing that. Um but they've switched up a little bit over the years, and I think that's I think that's great. Um, so yeah, this was the only one we agreed on today. Seven out of seven, or uh, it's a perfect album. Se- seven out of seven. <laughs> yeah, no skips. <laughs> that's right. No. <laughs> uh, seven out of ten uh, for the both of us on on the new abnormal by the Strokes. Um, great podcast. Uh, talked mm-hmm. about a lot of lot of solid uh, records today. Um, I mean, I didn't really care for the weekend, but outside of that, a lot of a lot of interesting albums that deserved our attention yeah. today. Um, next week, we will be talking about Fiona Apple's "Fetch the Bolt Cutters," uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Patrick, thank you for doing this podcast with me today. Is there anything you'd like to say before we head out? Oh, want to shout out the uh, use of the Basqua artwork on the Strokes nice. album too. Love that. I want to shout out you using the pronunciation Basqua <laughs> instead of Basquiat. <laughs> Basquiat, yeah. I think that's yeah, great. exactly. I actually want to shout out um, – actually, okay, I was going to shout out – I'm not huge on the Thundercat art, but I do like the art for pretty much every album here. Um, I will say that. Uh, yeah, it's – yeah, the Thundercat album art is like kind of a little bit – too simplistic yeah it's kind of he made up for it with drunk though which is one of the best album artworks of all time um so (laughs) it's so weird yeah (laughs) yeah. um but yeah okay that's great um anyway 
yeah, anyway, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh, peace.